Welcome to Seed Time Living. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. I'm your host, Bob Loddick, and I'm so glad to have you here today. What we're talking about tonight is um, kind of a book study from this book right here, which is Five Wealth Secrets 96% of Us Don't Know. We started talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And... You guys were loving it. I mean, I feel like while we were doing it live, there were so many people asking for us to repeat the name of the book because they wanted to buy it so they yeah. could kind of follow along with us. Yeah, and we didn't intend to do a book study on this, but we got into it a little bit because I just wanted to share something I was reading it that I was, thought was awesome. And then as we kept going, we realized, all right, this is, yeah. let's just do a full book study on each one of these secrets. And so tonight we are doing secret number one and so we're just gonna go you, through that have you read through the whole book yet i'm in like secret number four okay because I, I am think. cramming and i'm <laughs> kind of doing that style of learning yeah. but i still remember what we talked about the last time i guess that's because we actually talked about it yeah i'm really excited to talk about this one tonight yeah so this, this is the good first one all right let's talk about this first secret so again this book is called Five Wealth Secrets, 96% of us don't know. And yeah. Who's the author? And Craig Hill. And I'll just backtrack on this just to clarify what he's talking about with this 96% in the book, just to give a little bit of clarification to anybody, anybody who hasn't read this yet. This is off of a quote from uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And he said, what would be the result a year from now if we were to give 100 people $10,000 today and told them to use the money as they wished? According to Robert Kiyosaki, 80 of the 100 people would have $0. 16 would have about 10300 or 10500 or the amount that would be earned from putting the money in a bank at interest. And four would have between 20000 and a $1 million, which is pretty crazy. So the obvious question is, what do the 4% know that the 96% do not about managing money? And that's the kind of premise of, that this book is built on. And so, so the- we're going to talk about the first Wealth secret. So this is the 4% versus the 96%, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. This is titled, this particular chapter is titled Use Jars. Use and so jars. this is chapter what one. the 4% do that the 96% don't. And so as we're going through this, I'm going to read just a lot of things that I highlighted out. And then we can chat just about those a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it says right here, the 96% focus on what they earn, while the 4% focus on how they use what they earn. I have definitely done both. Well, when I say I've done both, I mean <laughs> you have forced me into I've doing forced you. both. We're no, I did. The, I did the ninety-six percent on my own, and yeah. because I am wise, I have listened to your advice, and we have done. Yeah, the four percent. I done, think we've, we've done, done a good amount of the four percent. First book I read about money that like just really revolutionized the way I thought about it, it was Robert Kiyosaki's. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, in that he talked about this idea of buying assets, investing in assets. And so he, how he defined an asset as something that makes money for you. So what you want to be doing is spending as much of your money on things that are going to make money, which this is kind of obvious if you think about it, but a lot of us don't ever think about it. So we just spend our money on stuff. Let's go to something basic. Like let's yeah. give examples because that's always helpful for me. Yeah. So property. Yeah. So, right. Okay. So there's two different th- ways to look at this. The first way is spending money on things that are actually going to increase in value. And then the other, comp- like 
the pendulum here is that you don't want to spend a lot of money on things that are going to completely lose their value as fast as possible. Because it's not always a black and white thing. Because you have certain things that you're going to buy that immediately have no value. You know, so if you go out to dinner, you eat the meal and it immediately has zero, you know, uh, right. monetary value anyway. On the other hand, if you buy whatever, a piece of clothes, say $50, it might be worth $20, like in a week or a year or something like that. Or, or maybe it's worth zero. Like, it just depends. But there, there's some value there, you know. If you buy an antique, you know, so if you buy right. an antique piece of furniture or something like that, that might hold its value better than if you bought just a table at Target or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily the case, but I think you get the point. And then beyond that, the things that really generate income for you, you know, would be investments of some sort. Yeah, real estate, whatever, anything like that, any kind of investment where you're actually putting money into that. So that was kind of revolutionary for me, just realizing if I can just spend more of my money, like even if it's 5% on things that are actually going to increase in value rather than go down in value, like that's a game changer. And so that was a lesson I got from Kiyosaki, and I think that ties right into this. So he says that 96% believe that rich and poor – is defined by how much money someone receives. They think that rich are defined by people who make a lot of money each month or have a lot of available resources. I'm curious how many of you watching are... Yeah, like I think that's how most people think, and that's 96%. That makes perfect sense. Right. I definitely thought this. And when he... When I read this, I was like... I definitely used to think this way, and now I think the other way, which is surprising to me because I would not have necessarily put myself in that category. But go ahead and read it. It, There is just like a a shift that changes. On the other hand, the 4% define rich as uh, people who voluntarily limit their spending and choose to invest in things that multiply. So interesting. And I I love that. I love the way you word that, voluntarily limiting their spending and choose to invest in things that multiply. Yeah, that's just so cool. All right, so then he come down here, and he says, what's the difference in storage and usage of money between the 4% and 96%? So the 4% store their money in multiple receptacles or jars, I think he goes on to say, while the 96% usually store the money in just one jar. So this would just be one checking account. All your money goes in a checking account, and then you spend it. The 4% tend to give, save, and invest first, and then spend what's left, while the 96% tend to spend first, And then try to give, try to save, try to invest afterwards. And this is like, yeah, this is like the key. This is the absolute key to everything. I remember, I'm sure maybe you've heard this before too. I remember being in school. I went to a Christian school and they taught us about prayer and reading the Bible. And they're like, you need to do it first. And here's why. And so they had the the jars of the The pebbles, the little rocks and the big rocks. If you put the pebbles and the little rocks in, the big rocks don't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first, then everything else kind of fills in the cracks and it all works out. And I think this is the exact same principle. Yeah, and this is why, you know, we just shared, we sent an email out yesterday with a testimony from one of our students in our budgeting course. Like, this is exactly it. This is why so many people, like, we had so many students come through our course, and like, I have so much more money. Like, where did it come from? It's been there all along. It's just you had things out of order. Right. So we just are finding this all the time. And this is just such a revolutionary thing that so many people just can just radically change their financial mm-hmm. life just by making this thing. Yeah. And just putting the first things first. What are the most important things, you know? Right. So. Um, can we also read this yeah. part? 
The poor are defined by the 4% as people who spend 100% or more of all the money that they make each month. This is kind of going back to what we were talking about a second ago, where you kind of just shift your idea in how you're using your money, right? So you can choose to spend 100% of it. And this might be your fault. It might not be your fault. This is not like a blame-filled idea. These are principles that we're just talking about. Like, okay, someone who is poor is someone who spends all of their money each month, and someone who is rich allocates their money. That's what they're saying, right? Yeah. So that's one of the interesting things, I think. Because circumstantially, we all go through ups and downs. We all go through financial challenges and struggles. Mm -hmm. Like, we've been through many seasons where it felt like, man, we are just scraping by. We don't have what we want to be able to do that. But the point is, is that regardless of whether you're in one of those tight times or more liberal time or um, abundant times, yeah. is to be still fighting and trying to figure out how can we do this? How can we right. continue to put first things first, get the important things in first and go from there? Right. Whenever you've talked about budgeting, you've talked about like plugging the holes in a boat. And it would make sense to plug the biggest holes in the boat. Yeah. Why not go after the big ones first rather than the small ones? Yeah, because the small ones are just letting a tiny amount in, whereas the big ones can just completely sink your boat within a matter of not much time, right? It says uh, 96% of the people will put all their money only in one jar. They will spend everything in the jar, thus qualifying themselves to be poor. Only 4% of people will put their money in several jars and never move money between jars. So the first secret to become rich and a master instead of poor and a slave is to make sure that you never spend 100% of your money. You do this by dividing your money you receive into physically separate jars and never moving in between jars. So then he talks about these five specific jars in which, to me, this is a, this is budgeting. This is like exactly yeah. what budgeting is. This is. These are budgeting categories. So the first jar he talks about, the label on the first jar says the Lord's Tithe. God told our fathers many years ago that 10% of everything uh, we receive belongs to him, Leviticus 27. He's talking about tithing here. We all know what that is. Second jar is labeled offerings. And he said, we always want to have money available to give to people who need mercy, who have experienced tragedy or victims of disaster. God loves people and we want to have some money available to help others in need. So let's take another dollar and put an offerings uh, jar. So this book, he's kind of tying it up through a story. And that's why... Some of these things that he's saying, anyway, it's in a story. Third jar is labeled savings. So this is a jar to save for larger purchases of things you may wish to buy. So the money in this jar can also be used for unexpected expenses in the future. So this would be emergency fund or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fourth jar is labeled investing. And it didn't really say anything else about that. And then the fifth jar is labeled spending. And you can use the money in this category to purchase all the things you need and want and go from there. In our course, yeah, somebody was asking about our course. Yeah, so a real money budgeting course, we don't break it out in terms of these particular things, but this is like such a good breakdown that we should probably mm-hmm. create a lesson just kind of talking about this mm-hmm. a little bit in the course. Yeah. But um, basically making sure the most important things, like in our case, like giving is just such a high priority to us. We've mm-hmm. experienced so much Blessing? Breakthrough? Craziness? I don't know. Like, God's just <laughs> brought, us, brought us on a crazy journey through giving. Yeah. So, yeah, we just absolutely love it. So, that's just a high priority for us. So, it has to be the first thing. And then the same thing with saving. You know, so there's different kind of budgeting allocations. You know, like the 80-10-10 one is just a great one to do. Like, mm-hmm. 10% to give, 10% to save, and then spend the rest. You know, and like what he's talking about here with the five, I think it makes a lot of sense. 
All right, yeah. so let's skip to the skip. end. Skip. I'm gonna skip over the story that's in here. Yeah. I don't think we need Which to highlight that. The story that. is good. Yeah, this is just kind of a summary of his whole thing. He said. Secret number one, place your money in five jars and allocate a percentage to each jar. Voluntarily limit your spending to the percentage allocated in the spending jar and never rob money in one jar to fund an activity in another jar, especially the spending jar. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, this it's is personal one. finance 101, but like so many things, mastering the basics yields such great fruit. You yeah. know, I've uh, talked to multiple like high-level athletes who – have kind of commented on this and said that the key to being really great was becoming really, really good at the basics, you know? So if that's a free throw, like just getting really good at free throws, you know, or whatever the thing is. And so it's often easy to overlook the basics and to be like, well, I just want to do the more advanced stuff and the more interesting things. I want to be investing options and whatever. It's like, that's great. But if you don't have a handle on this, all that other stuff just isn't going to it's just not going to make that big a deal. It's not going to be that big of a thing. Yeah, it is interesting, too, not thinking about it, like how many musicians, if you hear really talented musicians, you hear them practicing scales, which is yeah. just like extremely basic. Yeah. So when they're warming up, like they're doing their scales or whatever. I'm wondering, isn't that true? <laughs> no, what's funny is I'm thinking about, a dr- I used to play with a, in a band with a drummer. God bless him. He had all kinds of like, tricks and really interesting fills he could do on the drum kit but he could not stay in time to save his life and so we'd be playing these songs and every single song ended up in the same tempo it would start off like this and then by the end of it it's like this like every (laughs) single song and like dude you need a metronome man you need a metronome so yeah it really is important to master the basics yeah all right that's good so that is what we're chatting about tonight Next week, what we're going to talk about is yeah. actually next week we're going to be doing that webinar. We're going to be doing a live training. And then the following week, we're going to jump into this to secret number three, secret number four, and then secret number five. All right, everybody have a great evening, and we'll see you next time. All right, good night. Bye.